John. Thank you for leading us in an experience this morning. Man, wasn't that singing great? Oh, I love it. Oh, nice. Clapping. Keep, hey, keep it up. That's great. Oh, man. It's something to be with the family of God, isn't it? And it's something that, that we can sing what we believe. And not just sing it to ourselves, but sing it loudly. Because we're declaring this morning the things that we believe. And as Bob said, the things that we are going to testify to. We're testifying this morning. Whether you know it or not, you've testified this morning. It's good to be here with you. Now, if you were not here last week, you missed an important announcement. And the announcement was that Elizabeth O'Brien is going to be our new children's minister starting in late July. Very exciting. Um, if you were on that search team process, I, you probably didn't know I was going to do this, but if you were on that search team process for the children's ministry, would you just stand up for a moment, wherever you may be? Okay, yeah, just stand up, that's great. Yeah, I want to give you guys a hand. Thank you so much for being in this process. It is an exciting time, you know. We, we've also had a search, a search team going on for our youth minister, um, these people have been going for close to a year and a half now, praying together, meeting together regularly, and the process has not been easy. But these folks have been at it. They've been continuing to meet and pray. Um, they, they've been true to their calling, and they've been focused on this diligent search. Um, so I'm going to ask you, hey, if you were on the search team for the youth search team, would you stand up for me, please? Let's see, where are you? Okay, good. There you go. I'm, I want to give them a hand to say thank you so much. Loanne Baker has been the, the, the chairman of this search team, and she's done a, a, just a fantastic job with, with these folks. And, and during this time, we have been so blessed as we have done this, this search. We've been so blessed to have Paxton to be here, and he has kind of stepped in in this interim role. Did you stand up for, for me? There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not every day that you can ask someone, hey, you want to selflessly give yourself for a whole year away to a bunch of kids who aren't really going to care that much about you? Do you want to do that? And he said, why, yes. Yes, I will. I call Paxton a wonder kid. I, what's the, the, the German is Wunderkind, right? He is, how old are you, 23 years old? 22? Man, I, there, I, have ver- I have rarely met a 42-year-old with the work ethic that Paxton has. He is uh, an, an amazing man. He's going to be uh, going to teach in, in the fall somewhere. Harvard? Is that where it's going to be? No, it's in, around Troy, uh, Texas. But he is going to be going to, uh, to, to bless and serve kids, and, but we have been so blessed to have him. Well, the exciting thing about this is that we got to announce somebody last week, and this week we get to announce somebody, because our search team for our youth has uh, suggested, they found, they recommended, and they have hired our brand new youth minister and his family, Jason, Elise, and Callie Creed. <clears throat> And baby, on the way. So it's coming. Um, they are going to be here at the beginning of June. She may not be here. She's having a baby sometime in May. So um, if you want to bless that family, get, get your diapers ready because they're probably going to need them. Um, but it's an exciting time, isn't it? 
we get to bless people, we get to be blessed, and, and, and our search team has, has finally got to the place where they can take a break. Go watch a TV show on a Thursday night, finally, with your family, your own family. Um, but we are blessed with some people who are, they, they are devoted to this church family and to the spirit that is here, and we are, we are so thankful. So, so the, the new chapters are beginning, and we're so excited, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm excited for you to be able to enjoy this with us. So as we begin today, I'd like to begin in prayer that you would, you would pray for me, but also that you would pray that the Spirit be very open and be very clear this morning, because I believe that there are people who need to hear the message that is given today. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we, we are saying thank you this morning. Thank you for giving us people that we can walk alongside with. Lord, thank you for giving us people who can show us what it means to truly serve, to be selfless. Lord, people who just thank you for the people and the spirit that is in this room. Lord, I pray that you would continue to work, Lord, as we we move into these next chapters of this church's history. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be faithful and good stewards of the things you have given us. Lord, this morning, I know that we all come with different baggage. Hopefully, we check those at the door, but Lord, maybe maybe that baggage, Lord, is so heavy on us that we can't let go. So this morning, I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to let go so that we can hear you carry our cross instead of our burdens. Because your cross, Lord, your yoke, it is... It's easy, it's light. Your commandments are not difficult because they are to love. So this morning, Lord, help us. Help us to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. So turn in your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 24. Now, last week was Easter Sunday. If you didn't remember that. It's been a long week, so... I know, Sunday was a fantastic day. Man, we had like over a thousand people in this room. The singing was incredible. People were excited. We sang, we prayed, we worshipped. Oh, it was great. We left knowing that Jesus was alive. We left knowing that, that He is risen. And I hope that you have continued to live into that resurrection this week. Live into this idea that Jesus is alive. Knowing that a man named Yeshua has overcome Yeshua that's our series Yeshua a man with no beauty or majesty to attract us to him a man nothing in his appearance that we should desire him a man who was despised and rejected by mankind as Steve said earlier a man who knew suffering a man who was familiar with pain A man like one from whom people hid their face from him. A man not even considered worthwhile at the time by most. Yeshua is the one who is risen. And I hope, I hope that you continue to live into this idea that that God saves. That this Yeshua has overcome 
And to many, he was a stranger. This Yeshua. (laughs) But he has also overcome death. And he's overcome fear. And he has resurrected hope. And the very real truth that through him, you too can overcome. Hear me. That through him, you too can overcome anything that will separate you from God. Anything. I hope you're living into that truth. I hope you're living into the resurrection. But I, I do know that some are not. The reality of our everyday conflict, this, this difficulty that we see and experience each and every day, it seems to overshadow the reality of the resurrection. So wherever you are, Whatever you're going through, I wanted to share a story with you. Hopefully, you'll be able to see some things that will encourage you that there are bigger things to live into. So, Luke 24. I wanted to go back for just a moment in history, okay? So, so it's still Sunday in Israel. The crucifixion of Yeshua is only a few days ago. But it's still causing commotion. Now, as you know, not all of his followers stayed in Jerusalem. Many scattered. Some people hid. Some people uh, simply just decided to leave town. So we're going to follow two of these men. As they walked down a heavily traveled road on Resurrection Sunday. Luke 24, starting in verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Now as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more... It is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of the angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. So here we have two followers of Yeshua. They were getting out of Jerusalem. Why? We don't really know. Maybe they were simply going home. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a quick trip. I don't know how long it takes you to walk seven miles. For Tannis, it probably takes you, what, tw- five minutes? <laughs> but for me, it probably take about a half a day. These people, they, this is a heavily traveled road, this seven miles. And, and who knows why they were going back. But along the way, on this particular trip, they met a stranger. 
And the conversation took an interesting turn. So, I don't know why they were kept from recognizing him. It's, it's interesting. It says they were kept from recognizing him. I've wondered about this statement. I mean, what is it that kept them from recognizing Yeshua? They knew him. Obviously, they were with the apostles whenever Mary came and told them what had happened. It says right there, you know, a group of women came and told us. So obviously they were there. They knew Yeshua. They followed him. Who knows how long these two were alongside of him? For months, maybe? We we don't know how many followers he had, but we know there were more than 12. So, So they knew him. They knew what he looked like. They knew what he sounded like. They're followers, but for some reason they simply don't recognize him. It's really interesting. But it's not that they just don't recognize him. It's like they're kind of given him this sardonic response, kind of tinged with irritation and bitterness. Are you the only one who doesn't know? I don't know. That's how I see it. But the stranger asks, what things? <laughs> Let's see what you have to say. What things, he says. So these two downcast, headed out of town followers of Yeshua tell this stranger the facts of the weekend facts they're telling a story they're relaying information they're obviously you know don't believe what the women reported they're simply relaying information to a stranger someone that they probably will never see again and i think that if you read this they kind of communicate the high points the thing that they felt most important he was a prophet he was killed They thought he was supposed to redeem Israel. And that these women amazed us by telling us this crazy story. And I love the last line here. But they did not see Jesus. (laughs) Maybe I'm reading more into it, but I have a dramatic background. But I see them. They did not see Jesus. I don't believe because they did not see Jesus. They were downcast. They were disappointed. They were speaking in defeat to their master, their teacher, right in front of them. But to them, he was just another stranger. Have you ever had a moment when you didn't realize who it was you were actually talking to? There's a few things, and I, I probably already told these stories. One of them is a little embarrassing. I mean, we used to have movie stores where you'd go and pick your movies. You remember those, you know? And I remember I was right there, and I had, and I had a movie, and Shelly was over there. And so I went over there, and I said, hey, how about we, we watch this later? And I'm this close to him. And I look at her, and I'm like, you're not my wife. <laughs> she says, no, I'm not. And Shelly's on the other side of the store, you know, doing one of these things. Okay, I didn't realize who I was talking to. A friend of mine, um, and I, I may have told this story too, but he's, he's this larger-than-life Houstonian. Um, his name's Mike, and he was in London doing some work, and he's, you know, he's a smart man. He's got a pretty high-powered job, and, and his, his kids are seeing him for the weekend, and, and he comes down the elevator, and as he's, he's there, he's looking at this guy. He's a short guy, and he's wearing these gym shorts going to the gym, and he says, hey, nice gym shorts. He says, well, thank you, and they start talking, and, you know, that's a great opening line, right? Hey, nice gym shorts. The door opens. Mike gets off. His kids' our eyes are just huge doors close dad what did you say to him he goes i don't know i just said nice gym shorts he goes no you did not just say that to harry potter 
Sometimes you don't realize who you're talking to. And a while back, I was in a, uh, I, I was, I was doing um, an event, and it was an evening of comedy. And my job was to be funny. It was difficult back then, and my wife is there in the bathroom. She had to go to the bathroom, and there's a lady in, in there with her, and she just started talking about how horrible the night was going. And she says, and it is just not funny, especially that one guy. That one guy is just not funny at all. Now, you know Shelly. She's gracious. She's nice. I hope she didn't agree with her. <laughs> but she looked at her, and she goes, yeah, that's my husband. And the lady was, you know, just kind of had this. Sometimes you don't realize who it is you're talking to. And I'm sure we have stories in this room. You don't realize who it is you're talking to. I think that these men, they didn't realize who they were talking to. Yeshua, the son of the living God, was right in front of them. And they were telling, uh, attempting to tell him what happened. You know, it's this really, if, if you read Scripture, it's, it's one of the first times to really share this amazing story. But they don't fully believe it. Yeah, they've been walking with Jesus for years, maybe, months even. Fully devoted at one point. But then the one moment that real difficulty happens, their belief is just overshadowed by their doubt. They know Yeshua, they know the history, they may have even spent months alongside him, but they didn't really even know him because all they saw was a stranger in front of them, an outsider, and they attempted to teach him. <laughs> I find that so ironic, attempting to teach your teacher. Have you ever had problems really seeing Yeshua in your life, seeing how he's active seeing where he's working, seeing him in others. Sometimes I think we kind of discount strangers as we walk, walk along the road. I think we kind of, you know, hurry along our way. And strangers, for me, sometimes are annoyances, I'm sorry to say. I, I, I repent of that. I wonder if sometimes we look similar to these two men. People who should have all the hope and the joy in the world, yet we're still, for some reason, downcast and disappointed. We know the information of the gospel, and we are inspired when people we know speak with passion about the risen Savior. But instead of seeing our situations through the lens of this Yeshua, through the lens of this hope, we see them through the lens of worry and fear and disappointment and defeat and when we look through those lenses how can we recognize our savior because when we stop looking at yeshua when we take our eyes off of him i think we have short memories and we begin to forget what it is he really looks like what our hope and confidence looks like we forget and these men, they seemed hopeless. They seemed, uh, for all we know, Yeshua really was a stranger to them. Maybe he wasn't really the one they thought he was after all. You know, whenever Peter denies Christ three times, do you know him? No, I don't. Each time more emphatic, I don't know the man. No, I do not know the man. Now, he's lying, yes, but is he? 
because I don't know if he really did know who he was. Because the idea of who Yeshua was to Peter was not really who he was after all. He's always been about something bigger. And for these two men, it took a stranger to help them see again. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? We see that in Isaiah 53. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Talk about a surprising turn of events. First, the stranger rebukes these men. But he doesn't just rebuke, he takes them to Scripture, to the original story, to the one that they're supposed to remember. And, and this stranger walks them through Scripture. He walks them through the story of God, through the lens of hope, through the lens of faith, through the lens of love. And that's been the story of God since the very beginning. And so, Yeshua, where did he take them? He didn't give them his opinion. He took them to Scripture. He doesn't argue apart from Scripture. I mean, we may offer, uh, argue uh, issues and opinions, oftentimes without going to Scripture. And we get nowhere, but not Yeshua, not Him. You know, he was the living Word of God, the embodiment of the Torah, the embodiment of everything God had been trying to tell His people for generations. He spent most of His younger Jewish years in Scripture, uh, reading, learning, memorizing. He was the Word of God. And so he took them through this word with what I believe was passion, hope, and joy. So as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. And they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened. Then they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And then they asked each other. I wonder how long that moment was. Then he asked, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us, while talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us the downcasts thought they had encountered a stranger but they encountered the son of god so i'm hoping that you gain at least two things from this text today the first thing is hope you hear this word i believe it and i believe this is what jesus has come to offer can we choose to live into this hope? I mean, what does that mean for you? Does that mean that, that you don't have to be bound for your fear? I think so. Does it mean that we'll not be afraid? No, but it means we don't have to be bound by it. Does it mean that you don't have to be bound by the things that keep you downcast? It doesn't mean that, that you don't have to be bound by, by things you don't get. Because a lot of times we don't get what we want. Things don't really work our way. And these men, they didn't get what they wanted because their dreams, their, their hopes was nailed to a cross. They were getting out of town. I mean, every day, each of us live in, in these situations where we don't get what we want. Dreams die. Expectations are rarely met. People are mean and selfish. And if we aren't living into this resurrection idea, this, this, this hope, then those realities, they become heavy and discouraging but we have hope. 
And even though we may not get exactly what we want, we have Yeshua. And we have life. And that life is here. And it's also eternal. When we really think about it, is it really us who's living anymore? It's no, it's not. It's us. It's, we've died so that Christ can live in us. And we don't have to have fear or conflict or, 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 or being hurt be, you know, bind us. Those things don't have to bind us. We don't have to be bound to those things. Not even death because Christ has already died once. And if He's in us, He's not going to die again. We're eternal beings through Jesus Christ. And we have no reason to be downcast because Yeshua is alive. The stories are true and it changed everything. And the second thing I hope you get is a new perspective today. Because for all these men knew they were speaking to a stranger. And what they found out instead is that they were speaking with Yeshua himself. We see many strangers each and every day. We don't know who they are. We can even be in the same room with them for months and years and not know them. How do we see these people? How do we see them? Do we see them as people who are less? People who don't know much? People who just need a little bit more information? Outsiders? And I know we, we say often, you know, you need to be Jesus to people. And I think that that's great. What I will say is, what if, what if we saw everyone as if they were Jesus? What if we treated everyone as if they were holy? People right in front of us, no matter their status or position. Would we dismiss Yeshua? Would we try to teach him a thing or two? Or would we love and listen and walk alongside? Would we invite them in? These men's eyes weren't opened when, whenever they they opened the scriptures it gave, it gave them passion and then they were excited when were their eyes opened it was the moment that they sat down together broke bread opened themselves up to one another the moment they invited him in is when their eyes were opened how many of us have entertained angels without knowing it is that what Paul says so my prayer is that we ask that our eyes be opened today to the strangers around us. That our eyes be opened to Jesus for who He really is. And I pray that today we will ask that He help us to see Him with, with hope. That He will help us to see Him with a new perspective. And that we could live as if the resurrection was actually true. Because it is. I've staked my life on it. Yeshua is alive. Can we live into that? In a moment, we're going to have elders around our room, and they're going to be ready to pray with you. We have staff up here, and in the balcony, and in the lobby. Take advantage of that. And if you want, pray for them too. They need it. We love you. Let's stand together, and let's sing.